if you oh. need like a bathroom break or anything, definitely let us know. We're more than happy to pause and, and let you go and, and do all that stuff. Too. I wore a diaper for this. Okay. Did you? Oh, perfect. <laughs> Hi. Thanks for coming. Hey, girl. Thanks for coming. Oh, well, hello, America, and thanks for coming. My name's Seth. What's yours? Hello, it's Jamal again. Hi, it's Stony. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Thanks for Coming, the most fabulously gay podcast there ever is. <laughs> um, I have to say that I, I'm just a hair nervous today because we have a special, special guest with us. Well, I guess we'll, we'll refer to them as a queer artist that you may have seen on season nine of RuPaul's Drag Race or All Stars 3 of Drag Race mm-hmm. or listen to many of their amazing albums on Spotify or preferably purchased on iTunes. <laughs> amen, sis. Amen. Welcome, Aja. Hello. Good morning. <laughs> I, I, I wanted to say, so. you know, I wasn't sure what was the code of conduct for our language. And oh. I, and I, I definitely know, wait, are y'all are located in Oregon, right? I'm in Portland and those two are in Indiana. Yeah. Okay. Midwest. Oh, sorry. Oh, we're like covering <laughs> all coasts right now. Yes, yeah. Queen, all the time zones. <laughs> oh man. I definitely was going to be like, I know you can edit this out anyway, but I was going to be like, I know you just want to call me a faggot. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I know that for some people find it distasteful and they get offended and I don't want to offend anyone. Not that I care, but you know, I, I, I care slightly about the emotions. Yeah. We, we, we don't mind. We're very easygoing guys and you're more than welcome to curse and say whatever you want. Say whatever. Yes, that's right. Say whatever is on your spirit. Yes. Oh my gosh. Well, of course, you know, to get things started, I feel like we have a pretty clear starting point because you know, Aja and us, we came together over Twitter and we, I mean, not, no, it, she didn't. no tea, no shade between <laughs> us. You know how things can come off on Twitter. So it definitely wasn't like that. So I guess, Jamal, do you want to kind of explain from your side how things started? Oh my gosh. I feel like the child that like, I broke the window, but I'm trying to blame it on someone else. You were definitely no. the messy one last night. Uh, <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm just Wait, like trying turn. to watch Drag Race and this queen is like tweeting away. Listen. Was Jamal turned? Was he turned? <laughs> I actually was not. Surprisingly so. I was not. So here we go. Here's the story. Okay. What had happened was, so Queen Aja, what we like to do on Thanks for Coming is tackle any drama that there may be. We like to find out if it is drama before it is. And I was in the space of, okay, I see what Drag Race is trying to do with this narrative. So let me kind of throw out a hot take based on an old WoW Presents um, show that I saw. I believe it was called Follow Me. And it was basically a day in the life kind of doc following Aja's life and their day-to-day entertainment. All the zhuzh that goes into all into Aja. Yes, yes sorry, zhuzh. <laughs> and I was, I was just like, you know what? Let me say this because I have d- diva tendencies myself. So no harm, no foul. You know, Aja seems like a diva though. Like blah, blah, blah. <laughs> we'll post a tweet. I have no shame. But Aja, I did not at her or anything because, you know, we have manners on this show. <laughs> We have manners. Yeah. I we might have to be like those other fans Mm-mm. because it's not that deep. And I was like, let me just throw this out there for the listeners. They'll know where I'm coming from. And the point being is I'm not trying to say Aja is a diva. And this is why the dollhouse broke up. Like that was not my intention. What we like to do on the show is start a conversation. 
And that's what I wanted to do with you, Aja, because as a person of color and a queen who is always misunderstood, now I'm not on anybody's stage, but I like to do my best to rise up in the corporate space. So I'm like, hey, relatable content. Life is a stage. <laughs> Ooh, that's right. Life is a stage. So I guess the office is my stage. I like that. <laughs> but um, anyway, I was like, let's go to the bottom of it. We'll, I'll allude, I'll make a comment, allude to a conversation, and then we'll talk about it on the episode. Because Drag Race and any reality TV show, it's going to be hard to really get a grasp of who that person is. That's not the real person that you're seeing right on the screen. They may have said this and did that. But there's there could be some cut and paste happening and some rearranging here and there. So um, apologies, Miss Aja, and to the fandom, if anything. No, you don't owe nobody an apology. <laughs> you didn't say anything wrong, honestly. I mean, I I, I am a diva. I'm high maintenance. I'm not, I'm not, not going to say I'm not. I, you know you know what it is. It's just I know what I want. I know what I like, and I, a lot of things especially as a New Yorker who's native, uh, I, I have a lot of been there, done that. Like, you know, we get exposed to bullshit at a young age. So it's, it's just kind of like, you know, you ever have, you ever go to a restaurant and somebody's like, you want to try this? And you're like, Ugh. and they're like, no, not until you try it. And you're like, I did try it. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, for me, some things in life are like that. Like, so, you know, I don't think you did anything wrong. Um, I do think that when I saw the Follow Me documentary, however, I was like, oh, I was like, I see what they did here. <laughs> I mean, that was my reaction. I was like, why are they doing this to my good sis? And that's why I threw it out through the way I did. I was like, let's watch the haters bite and then we'll snatch them on the episode. But the hater was me. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, I, I feel like, you know, I, I was very feeling my pussy for a long time, to be honest with you. But not in like a, oh my God, I'm better than you way. And more in like, I really don't want to waste my time. I'm barely sleeping. I'm going from, from stage to stage to stage to stage. And everyone wants a piece of something, but nobody has nothing to offer. I'm a Capricorn. I'm about my money. I'm about my business. If you don't have a dollar sign next to your name and I'm my time is in the negatives already, I don't want to hear it. Yes. And, you know, <laughs> and, and now I'm in a relaxed point because, you know, I'm kind of focusing on myself and doing my own shit. And bitch, COVID is already its own fucking disaster mm -hmm, uh, yeah. you know i'm trying to stay socially and and uh i guess it would be still be socially socially conscious and just not break any rules i've been home since april you know when the pandemic started i was on tour i was in australia and oh, now wow. i girl terrifying i was i stood in la for a month because i knew new york was gonna blow up i came back oh. to new york in the middle of the blue the epicenter <laughs> yes and, um, you know, I just stood home the whole time. You know, I I didn't want to put anybody at risk. I, I see my mom very often. She's almost 70. And she, this woman catches fucking bronchitis from, from a cold. So I yeah. was like, you know what? She's being less careful than I am, if I'm being honest. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's, it's, it's been, it's been always like that. I just know what I like. I, I come from a place where you have to hustle. You have mm -hmm. to like make it because nobody's going to make it for you. And I think that that's a big misconception sometimes, especially with people like me, that a lot of people go, why you? Yeah. You know, you're not the biggest. You're not the most beautiful. You're not the most talented. You're not this. And my response is always, I did what nobody else had the fucking balls to do. Mm -hmm. And that's always what it is. I'm a go-getter. If I say I'm going to get it, I'm going to get it. 
Yes. Yeah, absolutely. It, it's it's kind of wild to hear. Like, does anybody actually say those things to you? Because I don't think of you in that manner at all. <laughs> at you know, all. people will never say these things to your face. Wow. You can, you can address it. I have addressed so many people so many times. Like, I heard you said this about me. I would never say that. <laughs> and I'm just here like, you pussy ass bitch. Just fucking say it. <laughs> I have a problem with you. I'm going to tell you, I don't like you. Why? Because you said this about me. You did this to me. This was shady. If that makes me a bitch, then so be it. See, that's right. And I totally get that because I am also a Capricorn. So (laughs) Capricorn sis over here. (laughs) Yes. Um, But yeah, I feel like that's kind of how I operate through life as well. It's like, well, like I remember everything everybody says, like, you know, whenever like think people are always like, how do you remember all this, these details? I'm like, girl, it stays here. Like, I'm not going to punish everybody <laughs> all every day, but it's there when it needs to be. Sis, my entire, you, you know what, you want to know something? I have screenshots. I save receipts from conversations that nobody expected to. It's going to be one day where <laughs> bitches try shit and you got to pull out the receipts. That's you right. Gotta, you got to let people know, no, that's not what was said. This is what was said. And this is how it was said. And this is what it meant. That is right. You know because people, okay, when you're, when you're a big personality, because I think I'm a big personality. And oh, yeah. I, when you're a big personality, people often try to use, here's the thing. It's ironic because people know they can't knock you down. Like, I always let people know, bitch, I will get struck by thunder before you ever <laughs> knock me off yes amen but they know that with people like me we are our worst enemy oh yeah big time so what they tried to do is they tried to turn you against yourself mm, and yep. I've, seen, mm. I've seen it happen to a lot of powerful people mm-hmm. and and you know just for the the reference that i said powerful um because I guess it's for a lack of better words. What I mean is people who are very much in control of themselves, very uh, aware, conscious. You know, the thing is, we're stuck with a lot of aloof motherfuckers these days. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, my gosh. Bitches <laughs> with no common sense, no motivation. No, they don't know nothing. You could be like, oh, girl, blah, blah, what? Oh my gosh. Say it again oh for God. the people in the way back. I, I swear I say something like that every week, don't I? Yeah. <laughs> Every week. <laughs> and, and sometimes the, the stuff I see these people doing, like on Twitter, especially like with not, not specifically to you, but just the queens in general. Like, it's just like, girl, why would you even say this? Yeah. Why? People tag, me, people tag me and private message me ridiculous shit. When that first 10 minute bullshit came out, because uh, honestly, at first I was like, I ain't going to watch this shit. And then I was like, OK, <laughs> I'll watch it for candy. And then I got back to like, I'm not going to watch this shit. But I, I saw it. No, I didn't see it first. I got text messages. First, I got a million text messages from people like, are you okay? Like, I got text messages from, like, Shay, from Farrah. I'm like, what is going on? Oh, my gosh. Asking me if I'm okay. Girl, of course. And then, you know, um, after that, I was just like, well, here we are. Here we are. (laughs) You know, I'm like, I guess. And I started getting, you know, messages, people telling me, oh, fuck you, bitch. You're jealous of candy. Oh, blah, blah, blah. Oh, my God. That is so ridiculous how people just respond that way. Immediately. You know, I mean, to me, it was just like, what's your point? Like, what did you think you did? Like, (laughs) like you. Okay. You know, I think some people think 
the internet is a real place. And I think that they think that they are stopping bags, that they are like, bitch, I ended you. You're canceled. Bitch, I <laughs> and I go, let me go check my bank account real quick. Hold on. <laughs> Oh, me, that's right. We good. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> that's right. Let them live in their fantasy while the rest of us are out here in reality, disconnecting when we need to and muting your ass when we need to. <laughs> yeah. I'm, you know, I, this pandemic has been fierce because part of me is like, I have a lot of free time and I love to come back with the girls online. I love to be like, I love to be like, and what, bitch? And what? And what? You know? I love a petty moment. But you know, because these a lot of people don't expect you to do it. Like they'd be like, oh, like they're looking for, I'm like, you went looking for a reaction and you got one. Right. Now what? Yeah. It's like, Merry Christmas to you, bitch. Like you got something <laughs> my time for me. I mean, it's good, to, it's good to know that I will never be homeless because I literally live rent free in so many people's fucking minds. It's just like. Uh, it's so I crazy. Will, yeah. I just don't understand. Like. We talk about this a lot on the podcast. Like, I just don't understand, like, why people feel the need to, like, be so hateful on the internet all the time. Like, because, like, you know, we watch Drag Race as fans. And, like, obviously, we have our own opinions about, like, different looks and just, like, things that people do on the show. But I've never, like, had the urge to just, like, tweet at, like, a queen and be like, never you know, that was fucking terrible or you did this and that. It's like, to me, it's just like a show and it's like entertainment, but mm -hmm. that's where it ends. So it's just, it's very confusing to me that like people feel the need to like attack the Queens online. It's so weird. It's wild. It is really weird. And you know, it's crazy because people, you know, a lot of the fandom likes to push this narrative that, that all fandoms are like this. And I'm like, no, it's not, you know, mm -hmm. it, <laughs> There is a weird, like, deep-rooted, like, racism and classism in the Drag Race fandom where they sort of uphold everyone to be into some template. It's sort of like the beauty standards in America, yep. like, where yeah. it, 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 there becomes a template. And I believe that it was after, like, season seven of Drag Race where they made the template drag queen. And then it was, like, every queen who didn't fit that that for a few years Ooh. was like, oh, you were trash, you're ugly, you're disgusting. <laughs> And then it became like, out of nowhere, you know, then it became like, you know, and I'm going to say this, not because it's edgy, but because it's true. And then all of a sudden, liking the Black Queens became popular. And now people are like, pro the Black Queens. And to me, I'm like, okay, well, watch next year when Black Lives no longer matter to these bitches anymore. Thank you. And Thank then you. they're going to be like, whatever. Which it never stopped the people from being like, oh, you know, you know how many times I've seen the, oh, these black girls are winning just because of Black Lives Matter. Too. Yes. So tiring. That happened to me. I'm not even like a big fish influencer. I have a little blog and this podcast. And I got at least five like um, reach out type emails, pitches. They're like, hey, we'd really like to feature you. And one of them was like, actually, we've been in communication before and you didn't want to work with me the way you're trying to work with me now. So what is it? I think, you know, Okay, now we're getting deep and we just started. Yeah, but yeah baby. let's do it. <laughs> and this is sort of a kind of way that, I, that I, 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 I'm gonna correlate this to Drag Race in many ways too, but you know, people don't understand the concept of black baiting, of, you know, trans baiting, when, you know, you were not in the support of something, but you saw you were losing support. So you decided to, 
quickly and greatly embraced, but without apology. Right. And to me, that's when you're, that's when someone's identity becomes a, a trend mm-hmm. and, and the support becomes more of a, a fad than it is a, a, a genuine support. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that, you know, I want to say too, like, that's how I felt about, uh, at first, honestly, and I don't know, I, I, girl, I don't work for fucking casting, I don't work for drag, I don't know what's <laughs> going on there, but, you know, I've been wanting to see, like, a trans person be on the show for a long time, and uh, after season nine, when RuPaul made those, like, really lewd statements about about trans and what it was to be trans and that yes. why trans people were not on the show, I, I was very happy that... Um, got mick was uh, was cast on the show uh, because uh mick has been a very hard-working um performer and entertainer and artist and uh i really hope that that they were cast in in genuinity and either way they're they're successful and they have a lot of support and i know they're going to be loved by the fans but i hope that this is not a trend and that it continues and i hope that you know next year we see trans women and, and newer faces like i want to yes. keep seeing it so you know i'm happy for that but like that at the same time i still feel like rupaul should come forward and make an apology of what of what she said because you know people said she did but i don't remember this and I, it doesn't register for me either um not to cut you off but we i feel like we talk about this all the time on the show we actually started the podcast on all stars three and we were kind of rupologists for a while. And then finally it was like a shift one episode. We we're like, we need to hear something from the top. Well, directly. because also too, when the whole, when Black Lives Matters was really surging, RuPaul was silent. Like, yeah, maybe we saw something, some statement from VH1, but RuPaul never really said anything. And that was really weird. You know, especially RuPaul is a person of color, queen of color. She knows the struggle that, you know, you all go through more than her now, probably because you're not, you know, you're on different levels of whatever, but I mean, it's just, it was really disheartening to see RuPaul not say anything when that was going on. I didn't expect her to say anything, to be honest. I mean, RuPaul has never really spoken up about anything that wasn't on camera or like, you know, at the same time, you know, I think about like what RuPaul said to the Vixen at the, at the reunion. And when she said, you know, she was like, I'm a black man, you're a black man. You know, I went through what you went through which one is completely invalid because I feel like not only are all black experiences different. Uh, I feel like, you know, RuPaul is someone who had a lot of support from a lot of like club kids and especially like powerful, like, you know, white party people and the industry, you know, also someone who played into the trope they were expected to play. I mean, let's not, you know, let's not joke. Like RuPaul in the early nineties, wasn't giving very much like, you know, I hate this word, but sass, like, you know, yeah. she was playing into the character that people wanted and, you know, she did a good job and she became famous and good for her. But, you know, I, I, that moment showed me personally that I don't really think she, she, she she's very much like, I don't think she has anything to say. I don't think it's that she's against it. I just don't think she has an opinion on it. I think she's very much, in, RuPaul is in her bag. Mm-hmm. She has and, the money. She's like, I'm good, whatever. You know, and the, what the way I felt about it too is, I was like, you know what, you're 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 a black man, and honestly, I feel like racism is honestly a white person's problem. Yeah, and you know, true that that's the truth too. And I I had this conversation with um with someone, a family member, and I was like, 
you know, we were talking about it. And he just goes, honestly, he was like, as a black man in America, I don't really give a fuck. And he was like, you know, I'm not going to go out there and scream Black Lives Matter. He's like, you see all these white people doing it? Let them. He's like, you know, (laughs) they're the ones who need to do the work. And I was like, yeah, you know what? I was like, work. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's tea right there, because that's the realization I came to this year. It's I'm good at talking to people. I'm good at having conversations. I like to think I can have an open moment. But then there's been a few moments over the summer where that's been thrown in my face like my words were twisted so I'm very much there as well the white people um hashtag not all white people get out of our faces with that um need to do the work yeah definitely I feel feel like the work is there for for the white community but I do feel like at the same time um okay you know we have to treat it like if this was a panel there would be you know how do I explain it I feel like people listen to white people more I mean it's just the reality yeah. Uh, but I feel like, you know, if the black moderators moderate and say this is the tea and then the white person delivers that message, a lot more people hear it. Right. I, I mean, in reality, people should just listen to black voices from the get. Totally. Yeah. You know, that yeah, would I, make life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just at least five percent easier, maybe five percent. I think that's like so like just so you know, like Jamal and I are married, but I grew up in like kind of like Southern Indiana, like conservative, like family. And like, to me, like, I think white people just need to educate themselves. Like, unfortunately, like our education system doesn't really do a good job of explaining kind of the injustices that have happened. So it's like people, white people, especially need to, I don't know, open a book, watch some documentaries, like, ask questions and not be so defensive and actually just open your mind a little bit because it's just so, I don't know. I feel like a lot of white people in this country are so set in their ways. And if they just, I don't know, went to it and talked to black people and actually listened to black people, we would be a lot better off because I had to do a lot of learning myself, like after I started dating Jamal. So you know, the, the, the real tea, too, is just that this this country is built on oppression and the the pillage and murder of indigenous people, people of culture, you know, under the name of God. Like, yes. let's go yeah. take, you know, let's let's take all these people from West Africa and bring them to all these places because God told us so. And then, you know, (laughs) let's take away their tradition, their identity, their names and everything. Let's kill all these indigenous people. Claim this land. We found it. And then it's, you know, (laughs) then it's like, you know, years later, you know, make them believe that they have a spot in this world and then over time shove them into low-income neighborhoods, call it the ghetto, increase the crime rates, and then call it a conspiracy if anyone tries to, you know, go against it. It's really all bullshit. If you look at Mm -hmm. all the, you know, if you look at all the 60s headlines, the stories and everything, you know, you you know, look at how heavily applauded Martin Martin Luther King is, like, for, for resisting. Mm-hmm. We're not doing anything, but look how people downplay um, Malcolm X, someone yeah. who really like took a different approach. You know, mm-hmm. it, it seems to me that there is an acceptable way to be a black person in America. And if you're not 
that, then, you know, the white community doesn't want to have it. Meanwhile, you have a lot of like, you know, white crimes. You have a lot of the same shit happening, but it's just looked at from a different scope. Yeah. Why? Because that's what they've been doing this whole time. So it's just, it's natural. But when, you know, when a person of color, a black person does it, suddenly it's animalized. It's yes. tame mm-hmm. the beast. That's right. I was That's just talking wild. about that randomly with the Real Housewives of Potomac and that whole drama. I was like, there's there's something happening here. It's too much to talk about in this little um, Instagram story I'm giving you, but Google colorism <laughs> and good hair versus bad hair, good blacks, bad blacks. It's just way too much of that conditioning happening. I hate that. I hate yeah. I hate the idea of bad hair. I hate mm-hmm. that. I, I hate it when people say that. I, oh, when people when people say things like, for for me, and it's for it's difficult for me to navigate as a mixed race person too, because I get caught in the middle of things. Uh, for so for reference, my my father's Nigerian, but through the byproduct of slavery in Puerto Rico, mm-hmm. and my mother is indigenous Puerto Rican, but her grandmother's Welsh. I don't know how that works, but okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm like y'all travel too much, <laughs> um, but uh, you know. I get caught in the conversation sometimes where people don't realize that that uh, that I'm part of the black community. And then they say things to me like, you know, oh, like, you know, black people are so ugly. And I'm like, what? (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Or you're cute for a black guy. Or right, or or oh, you know, you're the you're the only black person I've ever been with. Yes. Oh god. Oh my god, that has happened it, to me. It's like so alarming too when people say that because like I distinctly like remember a moment like where one of my relatives, um, like we would be watching. I think it was American Idol, and there she was like, an, you know, an elder generation to me. She's like, oh, sing it right, don't sing it black. Ah! And I was like what <laughs> i was like it's so it's like so awkward because like you're so completely wrong like why would you even say that out loud like that's so fun i by the way i'm not that these all these people all got cut they they got cut loose in this whole black lives matter these people are Girl, all, like pushed away to the outer circle <laughs> i have gotten so much of the aja hates white people like it's like no, i don't hate white people it's just like it's just like, bitch, like, don't See? be, don't be stupid. Like, just, <laughs> that was going to be one of my questions for you. It's now being kind of pushed into the public eye through Drag Race. And now you're kind of shifting, going into a music career. How do you navigate that where you're just trying to be your authentic self and communicate and you meet that kind of immediate pushback? The, like pushback, people... is, the pushback is mental. It's, mm-hmm. it's internet. The internet is not real. And I had a hard time navigating and understanding that in the first year or so. And I found myself fighting myself and fighting people who didn't matter because I was like, you know, these people didn't even support me back then. They just want a reason to fight. And, you know, I started to realize, you know, I spent the whole year, like, I'll, I'll be real. By the end of 2019, I was like, I was on the phone with the suicide hotline like every day. Like I was like, girl, I'm going to kill myself. Like I was like sitting there just at it. I was done. I was like, I can't do this anymore. I have no reason to live. Like, you know, I'm done. Like everyone's ruining my life. But then honestly, I I went and I sort of like took a reflection on my year. And I was just like, you know what? It's funny because all of this shit was just all talk. Nothing like all on the internet. All of my shows were 
amazing. Like even there were a few shows that people gave me shit for like doing music, but like I was like, girl, like those fuck those shows. Like, what about the ones that that went great? Like, mm-hmm. I don't want to discredit all the hard work I did and like you know the, all the other shit for just because you know that right. You know, granted, th- there was two shows in that whole year out of maybe like what two hundred that. I did that were that were terrible, and I remember them. It was uh, it was Lisbon in Portugal, and it was Las Vegas. Oof, Las Vegas. <laughs> Yo, let me tell you something. We started our set, and like there was like these just like twinks in the front, and they're like, "What the fuck uh, is no. that?" Oh gosh, of course they <laughs> were twinks. Oh no, not <laughs> the twinks. <laughs> now, well, the thing is, I I, I want to bring this to attention too. You know it. I think that a lot of things, a lot, a lot of things, you hear me, a lot of times um, people don't understand how difficult the intersection between black culture and queer culture can be. And for me, as someone who, who, who does hip hop, it's difficult because queer people don't like hip hop and a lot of people in hip hop don't like gay people. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when you become that person that's in that intersection, you have to find where your support is. Yeah. And I realized honestly that about 85 to 90 percent of my following from Drag Race was down for the ride. There was like a 10 to 15 percent that were like, nope. And, you know, I was like, you know what? Another thing, too, and I think it's something that every Drag Race person should know, every girl boy them they i think everyone who goes on tv should know that the drag race fans are not your fans they're fans of the show Mm -hmm. a fan of you is not a person who just followed you on instagram so those followers don't mean shit what matters is who's really showing up to support you for you not the people who show up to the show and go is she gonna jump from it's the people who show up <laughs> and have a genuine interest in you as a person. And of course, right, that's right. A, of course, that's a fraction of what it is. And I, yeah. I can honestly say that out of all of like, out of all of my following, if I have, uh, you know, I, I've lost so many followers on social media from like not pandering to what people want me to do. Mm-hmm. But I think that where I'm at now, at least 80% is down, so down for the ride and it's may, may it may be nowhere near what it could have been but then that's when you differentiate you know real from fake honestly and that's where you differentiate people who are hungry dogs and people who yeah. have yeah. integrity and the thing about me is that i was not gonna i was not gonna lay my artistic integrity to rest because you know some woman with a two-year-old in Kansas City was like, I love you so much. Fuck you for, fuck you. Like, whatever. Okay, you know, I'm talking about the girls who bring their babies to drag con. they like, she loves you. And I'm like, she didn't know the fuck I am. Like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. You know, it, it's very that. And I just, with the thing is, I have my own personal battle with drag, I guess. And I, I feel, unfortunately, I had that in public because I didn't really have an outlet. You know, right. I couldn't really go to therapy. I was on tour nonstop. And, um, you know, what was really happening with me was that I was finding that when I took off the makeup and the hair, I was not really have I never had a state of transformation. I never had a state of where I'm like, oh, I'm a different person or different being or I'm on or off. I was like, 
Okay. No, I'm the same person. And I found that very weird. And when I started my first written project that was going to be published, which was In My Feelings, my first EP, which was, um, it was a more clubby, like house rappy type of like shit, like track record. And I, I struggled a lot with my gender at that time because I was like, okay, what, what, what perspective am I writing this from? Mm-hmm. And that's what made me realize that I don't think I'm a drag artist as much as a musician because I said, wait, I can't write about things that are not prevailing wanna... in my life or relevant to me. Yeah. I don't have the ability to sit down and write boobs, hair, make- makeup, frog. Like I, I, don't, <laughs> I didn't relate to it. So everything that I wrote about was from personal experience. And that's what I found was working for me. So I continued to go down that route. I realized that I didn't want to perform gender. Drag drag was me performing a gender that I didn't have to perform because I could just live it. Mm-hmm, and, right. you know, that led to a year of me having this fight of, if, if you're not doing drag, why are you dressed like that? Why do you look like that? That's drag. Oh, and my it pushed the struggle for me further because then I was just like, you know, I feel now like I have to prove something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And... Nobody should ever have to feel they have to prove their identity or where they come from. And, and you know, it's it's also something that happened with the Drag Race fan base, too, is I never went on Drag Race and said, hi, like, you know, I'm Afro-Latino, like, hi, I'm in the Black community. So mm-hmm. a lot of people pinned me as racially ambiguous. So when I started to really, um, I mean, well... No cap. I really whitewashed myself for television <laughs> and not just television. But when I started coming out in the drag scene in New York, I was shunned a lot and people called me ghetto. They would like they were somebody accused me and like my friends uh, who were also people of color of stealing shit all the time. Like, it was very that people would only book you to do high energy dance. Like, can you do a ghetto number? Can you do something like sass? Like people love yeah. that. Yeah, and it became that. And, you know, when I went on Drag Race, I was very much like, so I'm this and I'm that and blah, blah, blah. And it was, you know, looking back at it now for me is so cringe because I'm just like, that's not me. Mm-hmm. And I think that all this when I wrote my first project, all of this really surfaced for me. And I said, I have to be proud of who I am. I have to be proud of my roots. I have to stop feeling like ashamed for who I am of who I am because society tells me that I have to be. And, you know, I, I realized that like, you know, it was, it was, um, it was kind of fucked up on my part too, because I feel like as a, as a light skinned person, like I have the privilege of being able to pretend I'm not black if I want to. Yeah. And, you know, that I realized how dangerous that privilege was And I realized how I didn't want to do that because if I do that, I'm selling one, I'm selling my soul. And two, I started realizing like, especially like how, how difficult it was for like my darker skin, you know, colleagues and, and, um, and it was really hard to watch. And I said, you know what, if you're going to attack these people, attack me too, because, you know, I'm part of that community. And if you talk about them, you talk about me. Right. That's right. I mean, you see people attack Vixen and stuff like that. And, and, you know, I'll have to admit, like, you know, I didn't quite understand where she was coming from at first. But, you know, that's because I'm not um, 
I, I, you know, I wasn't educated enough at that point in, in my life. But then, you know, she's really was ahead of the curve because, you know, then after that, you see the Black Lives Matter movement. Everything she was saying on the show is like everything that was being said in the media. Like everyone finally just like somehow got it. Like, mm-hmm. you know, and so then at that point, I'm like, damn, like, you know, I was too like tough on Vixen. Like she was just saying the truth. And I, I was the one that just didn't get it. No, yeah, you know, honestly, like, it makes me really emotional to, like, to have, like, watch that whole thing and, like, kind of, like, see how it went down. And I felt really bad uh, for the Vixen. And it was around the time where I got really vocal. And I was like, you know, this is, this is, and I, I was like, this is the tea. You have to, you have to, like, see where she's coming from. And I got a lot of backlash for it. I had a show in, um, okay, it was in Ireland. It wasn't in Dublin, but it was, it was in Northern Ireland. Where's that city? that city called? High Blue Hydrangea. <laughs> yeah, it was. She was there. She was there. <laughs> was it, it, oh wow! It was oh, a yeah, gig yeah. with her. Um, fuck. Whatever. I'm trying to think. North, I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know geography. <laughs> I was in Northern Ireland, and I was doing a song that I have called "Demons, Witches, and Bitches," and Vixen oh, yeah. is on the track. And I was like, oh, my God, you know, and I, I always say that, you know, I always say shout out to the Vixen. So I was like, shout out to the Vixen. Like, she did this song on me and everyone in the crowd started booing. Oh, no. And oh, I was God. like, wait, why are y'all booing? Oh, no. And there were people who were like, she's such a fucking bitch. I was like, wait, wait, wait. I was like, oh, my, my God. I was like, and where do you get this from? They're like, well, they were just kept booing. So I literally was like, fuck y'all. I was like, I was like, you know, I was feeling it also i also had a lot <laughs> yeah. to drink i was like i was like, fuck you. I was like you bunch of racist fucking pieces of shit and i threw the mic on the floor and i left oh yeah and i got so much backlash for it like people were like oh wow like really like and you know i i just kept thinking to myself like you know i ended up coming back a half an hour later and i just finished my set to be professional yeah but i stated what i had to say and i said Y'all are fucked up. And I uh, got a lot of backlash online, including someone trying to 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 um, equate being black to being Catholic in Ireland. Oh, Quote unquote, no. saying, saying that the Catholic saying that the Catholics were the niggers in Ireland. And I was like, wow, I People literally really had rage. to. I, first of all, I was like. I didn't say nothing because I was like, for one, I was like, you just hard art while comparing Catholic yeah. people to what? I'm I was horrified. like, first of all, <laughs> Catholic people fucking enslaved half the world. What are you talking about? First, right. I have never in my never in my life have I heard a story about about African people come to America enslaving anybody. No, right. I was, I was just like, what are you talking about? You know, and it's just that type of thing. And, you know, people love to play this game. And it's especially international. I had this conversation with a fan who was Brazilian. And they were like, why do you always act like you're Black? And I was like, well, I'm, I am a mixed race person. They were like, but in Brazil, you would be considered white. I was like, well, in America, everyone's <laughs> fucking mixed. Get over it. And, like, they were right, like, yeah. oh. And then they, you know, we ended up going deep into the conversation because I really wanted to see where they're coming from. That's another mm-hmm. thing about me is I'm very, uh, um, I'm very um, diplomatic and I want to see what you're saying because I want to make it make sense. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they explained to me that in Brazil, a lot of people have 
um, internal racism. And that, you know, if you even have a hint of, of lightness to your skin, you're like, I'm not black. So they said, you know, a lot of people get shamed and a lot of people, you know, nobody wants to be black. And I said, you know, that's not as uncommon as you think. It happens a lot, especially uh, New York. We see it a lot in the Dominican community. We see it in the Puerto Rican community. You see it with people who don't realize that that ethnicity and race are not the same. Mm-hmm. You know, and they're like, I'm not I'm not black. I'm this. But. You know, sometimes you're like, girl, yeah. I don't know what game you're playing, you know, but, it, you know, and th- I think that type of division is so is so harmful. I mean, it's the reason why we have, you know, why we have Dominican Republic and Haiti. You know, if people really look at the history of Hispaniola and how the French, you know, went and they they um, they colonized. And then when you, when there was the the revo- when the revolution happened. You know, there was still a lot of of hush hush slavery and a lot of hush hush, you know, segregation, mm-hmm. basically creating a, a part where there was all the black skin people were on one side of the island and all the light skin people were on another side. Yep. And that's what really created that. And, you know, but people don't know that. And people think that that this obsession with race is an American concept. But. It's because America is really the the playground or battle zone where all of this shit really took place, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. <laughs> so, and and with um, I mean, I know they're you know the queens they're trying to like help push like you know they're tr- well they're trying to educate I guess is maybe the right word these fans it's like you know I don't know if you watched the build series with with Monet uh, that came out I think it was like Thursday or Friday. But Monet specifically asked all the girls, like, what do you have to say to these fans that are, um, you know, treat the black you know, and the other people, the mm-hmm. queens of color differently. So I thought that was really interesting because I don't think I've ever seen it like that question that blatantly asked, like to the cast. Oh, I feel like that question should be asked because yeah. to be real Definitely. with me- to be real with you, like, you know, there, there's been a few people from the past of the show who have made uh, very big statements that were very well appreciated, but there have been a lot of people who ain't say shit either. Like, right. And I, I find that some of the people with huge platforms didn't say shit. And, you know, it's like, you know, how, in my opinion, how can you be, how can you call yourself an ally to a community if you don't speak up when your voice is the most needed? Mm-hmm. Definitely. You yeah, know, Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to say, and and two with, uh, you know, especially with the trans community of color, like, you know, um, I saw other, other podcasters that are, are black and, you know, they put out a podcast about um, like why, I don't even know exactly what it is, but it was basically like about how they don't honor, about how like trans people are like, whatever, you know, like their, their cis feelings about it or whatever. And so like, it was just really uncomfortable because like, I was trying to have a conversation. I'm like, if, you know, I'm like here, like black lives do matter, but like, why are you not supporting all the black lives? It's very confusing right. to me that, especially in their own community. When people talk about, you know, trans lives, you know, I, they act very, very much like there's lives that are disposable. And in my mind, I, sometimes I just think like, you know, you you should have been caned in someone's ass because you're acting like a piece of shit. Hello? 
And in that in that breath, same breath, I just think like you know nobody ever told you how you had to do shit. So why why sometimes I just don't understand what it, it girl it costs nothing to not be worried about someone's genitals, hormones, or business, right. and just support a life. Just support a life. Right. You know, I, I, I think like if you're think about the person you love the most in your life, that person, whether it be your mom, your brother, your sister, whoever the fuck, imagine that person wakes up tomorrow and realizes that they, they can't keep up with this lie that they're like, you know what, I'm going to go get go on hormones and I have to get these surgeries. and I feel like I need to fit in the body. And even if they don't want to get surgeries or get on hormones, because there are trans people mm-hmm. who don't feel comfortable with their gender but don't feel the need to do anything about it maybe they just want to dress differently you know people manifest right. in different ways i i like to tell people who 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 say mean shit about the trans community like imagine the person you love the most doing that do you stop loving them because of that or mm-hmm. or does it become a handicap suddenly you have something to think about because if it does that means you are incapable of love and it means that you are the problem that's right there and no go. one likes looking in the mirror or the truth. Right. <laughs> I love right. looking in the mirror. Talk, <laughs> hey, everyone. Thanks for listening to our podcast so far. Thanks for coming. Right now, we're probably refilling our drinks or maybe even gluing down our lashes again. While you wait, here are some things that you should check out. Yeah, remember, everyone, you can email us, tfcpod at gmail.com and um, tfcpod on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Oh, and one more thing. You're not my real dad, and you never will be. Anyways, back to the show. I mean, and and I know on the show, we very much champion trans people. Um, you know, we've done podcasts and stuff, you know, with we've had trans people on the show before. My question is, is and this is something I was wondering, is what do you think about when people say like, oh, there's not enough trans queens on the shows, but then there are like non-binary and genderqueer people. Like, does that, to me, I, the, the way I understand it is that they kind of uh, fall under the trans umbrella. So is that... I guess I'll let you talk at this point. <laughs> I, I think that I think that anything that if you whatever feeling doesn't equate to your uh, uh, gender assigned at birth or sex assigned at birth or whatever it is, uh, if you don't uh, associate or feel like you are that, then I feel like you do fall under the trans umbrella. Um, there's different you know terminologies obviously and you know there's going to be dense people like it's too much and you know when when people say it's too much and then i just be like well girl i guess you'll never work in an office you'll never be successful you never have nothing because obviously it's too much meaning that you cannot grasp a single fucking concept hello yeah it, you know? it's it's crazy to me because it's like you know i've heard on you know not to start drama but on other queens podcasts <laughs> i've heard things that didn't quite sit right with me and because they were saying oh there's i hope you know we're seeing all this um things we're seeing like all these trans people and these people of color being brought on the show i would love to see that in drag race uk and here in my mind i'm thinking there are at least two queens that are non-binary on the drag race uk cast i'm like what it feels like their identity is being invalidated i i don't think it's being invalidated i think that there's this shitty thing where people sort of base everything on presentation. I mean, that was what started the RuPaul controversy anyway, because she was like, oh, if you don't have surgeries or moans that you're not, if you're not fully trans, whatever that means, you know, I feel like, you know, there's, they, they, people do, do, unfortunately people do 
invalidate the identities of those who don't necessarily adhere to some societal construct of of a aesthetic or yeah. or you yeah, know yeah. Of, of something you see or look at. However, um, I think that what people, I think most of most of all, even though people do devalidate that, I think the biggest injustice here is really two trans women. And I think that what we really want to see are new, fresh faces of trans women who, you know, are allowed to be themselves from the start and do not feel the need, you know, that they weren't pressured to present any other way, you know, to get on the show. I I, I want it to be so equal opportunity that tomorrow, you know, we could get beautiful trans we can get someone like sasha colby aurora sexton you know mm. someone who's just like you know it's not a new transition they, they they're in the game they're not they're a known amazing artist you know not to discredit any other trans people who have been on drag race um i do feel like there's been a lot of coming out stories on drag race and uh yeah. you know with with the with the exception of mick uh who is a trans male We've never had a fresh face come onto the race as as trans and and presenting how they feel the most comfortable. Okay, that's what I want to say because I was trying to find the word for it because Peppermint went on Drag Race Trans as well. I mean, you, you don't wake up, mm-hmm. you know, it sounds silly, but you don't wake up one day and just go, "I'm trans." You're trans since you were born, and right, you know right. this is your identity, and you you know it. But it's up to the person to decide when they want to flutter. Or when they want to like spread their wings, when they that's just right. that person feels comfortable to present how they want to present, that's how it goes. And um, you know, I, I when what the producers didn't know Peppermint was trans. Uh, really? I outed her by accident, actually. Wow. Oh. And you don't okay. see that because that didn't happen that same day. But mm. Peppermint and me were working on the same team for something. I don't know what it was, to be honest with you. But um, I was sitting next to Peppermint and I said, wow, Pep, I have to tell you, I think it's so fucking cool that you're the first trans woman to ever walk into this room with trans women and be on the show. Mm-hmm. And she was like, thank you so much. Literally, I don't know where cameras, producers cut. <laughs> oh, no, my like, gosh. <laughs> and then, you know, the next day, no, it was Snatch Game. Then the next day, suddenly it's a topic of conversation. Oh, no. Oh, it's prompted but, by the you know, <laughs> Oh, no, I don't want to say it's them. I think they just wanted to find a way to put it on, put to put it into the show without it devalidating her story or without it uh, not making sense. Okay. Because it would be really random. Right. But, you know, I that was how, how I think they really found out. But, I mean, I, I, I've heard sources claim that they knew the whole time. Girl, I don't know. I also don't really give a shit. But I do know that I was so happy. I was like, you know, it, you being here is so fucking important. And um, I really wish that I really wish RuPaul never said those statements, because when she when she made those statements, I believe somebody was like, well, what about Peppermint? And then that was when she was like, well, she didn't have this or that. Like, to me, that that is where yeah. it was yeah. quantifying their transness or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like trans was trans. You hear me? I was going to say trans was a woman. <laughs> I feel like um, I feel like Peppermint has always been a woman in my eyes and, and she never yeah, needed yeah. anybody's validation for that. Mm-hmm. And but I was just so happy to see that. But I would love to see mm-hmm. someone not having to feel uncomfortable or think twice and knowing that they can come on yeah. and, and their little confessional, they can be full fucking like if you want to be fully beat and just like bam, like 
you know, big old biddies. Like I think that was, <laughs> you know, seeing seeing Gia on All Stars four 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 yeah, yeah. Uh, was very refreshing when you know she was in her confessional and she was all dolled up and I was like, yo, this is like so new mm-hmm. uh, as a viewer and I think it's so cool and I think that it's um. You know, I know that she felt tokenized because she spoke up about it several times. Um, but I think it was so cool as a viewer to finally see that representation. And, um, you know, I hope we get to see more of that. I want Us to see, too. I want to see more of that. And I want to see new faces, too. I, I, I think all the older faces are just as important. There's a lot of trans women and trans identities that have come out the, the franchise. But I would love to see new ones added like Meg and 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 other trans people who feel comfortable in their, in their right. But like, when I say comfortable, not, I don't mean with themselves. I just mean in the setting of the show, not like they have to be pressured to be anything else. That's right. They don't have to feel that need to edit for anybody else. Unless it's like, you know what? I should have wore the yellow earrings instead. Let me go change. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Well, with all that being said, I wanted to ask you this specifically because on our show, we, like to respect pronouns as best we can. When the queens are in drag, we tend to slip into she, oh girl, oh queen. As a performer, both in and out of drag, being a non-binary, non-binary person, what I like non-binary. Non-binary <laughs> <Yeah. Non-dairy-berry laughs> person. I am a non-binary person. <laughs> that's that. That's that whiskey kicking in. But do you think, in your opinion, should we be respecting pronouns? at all times or is it do we get a little bit of a pass because oh she's in drag on stage i wanted to ask you directly we talked about this with gotmic a lot are we because we always say she so it's like are we disrespecting gotmic by saying like oh look at her like she's in drag got an amazing look or whatever so i feel like it's a case-by-case scenario okay to be honest with you for me personally i don't have a preferred pronoun and I, I there's only one thing I hate and it's what people tend to do to artists who like queer artists or drag artists or anybody who's like does anything costumey it's very you're you're a grown ass man you're a man you're and I'm just, I oh hate that God. condescending bullshit mm-hmm. because it's just like first of all little bitch say it for everybody in the back <laughs> girl sometimes no sometimes i have to remind myself too like i'd be like you know where i come from we don't we don't do words i'm not good with my words and i'll admit that when i'm pissed i don't make any fucking sense like i know all i know how to do is be like fuck you, you ugly dumb bitch like you know but you know i, I grew up you know i know people who were like i've never had to fight in my life well, see where I come from. <laughs> I had to fight for everything. So it's like, yeah. you know, I, you know, what, being in this realm where that's so looked down upon, like, oh, you're such a, you're a dirty bitch if you decide that, you know, a bitch deserves to get smacked. I don't give a fuck. Bitch, if you come out, your, the, tell people, say what you want online and I'll give you a little kiki. I'll entertain it a little bit. For what? Shits and giggles. Absolutely. Right. <laughs> but if you really want the smoke, 
then you come to my show and you let me know what's good. Because <laughs> I will do it on stage. I will do it at the meet and greet. I will do it outside. And I don't have no fucking shame. Bitch, you want to throw hands? Let's throw hands. That is Let's me. Throw. That's the side that everyone's so offended when they push that button and you show them that side. <laughs> then they want to get all scared and, oh, well... I never. It's like, no, bitch, you knew. No, you knew oh, something was coming. Text somebody once and they're like, I'm going to call the police. Call, and call them. Call the, call the fucking police. I'll call the police for you. 911, I just fucked the bitch up. Uh, that's, that's why he runs away from me. He's like, oh, Jamal's gone. Just let him go. Game like, like, oh, mad. Let him have a spot. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, well, got to get Jamal now. Let's make sure the bail money's ready. Push that button, girl. <laughs> I'm telling you. The Beyonce fund's going to be going towards <laughs> something else. <laughs> but people, but people, you know, that's the thing, though. I don't like to be violent because I feel like, I feel like, one, it's expected, but I feel like mm-hmm. radical behavior comes from a place of always feeling like I'm, you know, shoved in the corner or feeling like, you know, you try to silence me, you try to belittle me, you try to do everything you can in the world to make me feel small for something that's honestly your fault. It's just honestly, people always gaslight, you know, queer people, black people, any minority is all often heavily gaslit. And I'm just like, (laughs) totally. that's my biggest pet peeve. When you fuck up and then you try to tell me I'm wrong. Yes. Yes. Bitch, that deserves a couple licks on its own. Just- <laughs> yeah, just drag a girl. <laughs> Grab that, the hair and that drag. That sets me off, I swear. I studied public relations in college, so I've got, like, the HR-approved response for everything, but inside I'm just like, where are my brass knuckles and Vaseline? It's time to roll up. <laughs> uh, I've, I've, I've told a few drag race girls, like, you better calm the fuck down because there's a sidewalk outside. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Oh my I've told God. people before, watch your fucking mouth. Like, I get that you talk to other people like that, but I'm not one of your fucking minions and I'm not one of these fans, bitch. I will fuck you up. That's right. 100%. And they're always so caught off guard. And it's like, yeah, think about Ooh, that girl, shit. You really need to calm down. Tell me to calm down again and I'm really going to fuck you up. Hello. Video, really, yeah. <laughs> oh my God. That's why bitches don't say shit to me. I was talking to Jiggly. I was talking to Jiggly. Jiggly. The other day. And we was having a conversation about fraudulent bitches. And I was like, you know something? I said, it's the truth. Bitches love to do this talking game. Let me tell you something. Anything that I say to you or you or you is getting told to the person I said it about. I will let every Hello. bitch know. Yes, I said this about you. And that's how I feel. But I have, a reason to feel, I have a reason to feel that way. That's this right. is why I feel that way. So why did you say this about me? What reason you think <laughs> that? I think the fuck not. Okay. You know. <laughs> Get the girls together. Gather those edges. People call me messy, but I think I'm just good at organizing other people. That's I all it is. Together. That's that Capricornness there, man. It's like <laughs> that's I, I I mean I'm not like not to the same degree that you you deal with, but you know I feel like a lot of times like people at work be like, like they'll want to say like oh Seth's a complainer he complains too much and I'm like I'm not complaining I'm giving you constructive criticism right. and if you're not hearing <laughs> then that is a different issue it's like I'm not complaining I'm like this doesn't make sense this is not complaining and so yeah, I, I kind of relate to that matter. Matter. no you know and also like it's like I wouldn't like I wouldn't uh lead anybody into the darkness or the wrong direction either like you know which is one of the reasons why I was really caught off guard by like Candy's 10 minutes whether or not she said or the producer said it like that whole bit about the 
the like, well, Aja used to tell me I'm I'm not famous, so calm down. Well, yeah, because you were making yourself look crazy. Mm-hmm. And like there were <laughs> well, no, it's the honest truth is that people yeah. were saying mean things about her. And you know, honestly, she was my friend. She was someone who I really loved and cared about. And I was like, yo, like I don't want people talking bad about you, but also you're connected to my name right now. So I can't have you going places and starting fights with people or doing anything. And it was I was trying to humble her. Okay. Yeah, that's honestly, it's still that's family, but this is a business still. Well, a girl she was carrying. And you know, and we <laughs> loved and we loved her. We loved her. We still were like, yo, you're you know, you got this. And I, you know, it made me feel bad because like I felt like, oh, did I make her feel like like she was lower because I never meant to do that. I was literally just saying like, Hey girl, like, you know, you hinder yourself when you, when you allow the ego to go out of control. Yeah. So, you know, draw it back and people will really be into that, you know, and, and what she did and she ended up very prosperous. So I was just like, oh, okay, work. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I chose to make no further statements on that because I was like, I have nothing to say about this. Obviously, we all know I'm not jealous. Everything she did, I've done already. And, you know, I wish her nothing but the best. Mm-hmm. And I wish her nothing but success and happiness. Um, it sounds like you're just being a good drag mom to me. You're trying I, to be like a good friend I mean, too. The fact oh. that you questioned like some of like her statements and like, oh, was I a bad friend? It tells me that you were a good friend. Yeah. You know, that you actually cared enough to be like, what did I do wrong? Because, exactly. you know, I don't want to do that to her. Well, yeah, you know, I feel like, you know, you know, we all get into those things. We've all said shit to each other before. Has, you know, has Candy called me, uh, you know, you know, a dumb, ugly bitch? Yes. Have I ever called her a fat, big, bad gorilla? Yes. Like, you know, it's, it, this is gay shit. This is like drag family 101, gay family 101, ballroom yeah. shit. You know, you look like an overgrown orangutan. Like, this is just how we talk. And like, right. does it mean, you know, does it mean that, that we hate each other? No. But I felt like, you know, it. I felt like, I never meant to hurt anyone. So I did feel I just got yeah. attacked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Very, very cash. Do what you need to do. <laughs> I just felt like, you know, I didn't mean to do anything. But then I felt like, you know, I I I tweeted like this genuine response of like, wow, I can't believe my friend would go on TV and drag my name. Honestly, because I was, I felt I kind of we never we never spoke about that. Mm-hmm. And this whole year, I barely saw I barely saw Candy. Like I literally saw her once or twice, um, you know, and it was brief. Yeah. Did you know she was like going on the show then? Like, did you yes. know she was recording? And I found out by accident. I found out because <laughs> my my partner lied to me and told me someone else got on the show because he's a fucking troll. And he was like, oh, this bitch got on the show. And I was like, really? So I, t- I called, I called Candy and I was like, yo, did you get a call back? And she was like, uh, uh, uh. Crickets. <laughs> Crickets. So I leave in a week and I was like, oh, okay. You know, oh, shit. Like, well, but, and you know, I have, and I have the receipts too. I was just like, I, I hope you do well. Like, I'm really hoping the best for you. Like, I'm proud of you. I kept tabs on her. Like when she came back, I was like, I hope you're doing good. So, you know, that did, that did really like, kind of like call, catch me off guard. And then I texted her to talk about it. And I was just like, okay. Um, and then, you know, 
I was like, maybe we can we can clarify this so it's not like a thing because people are still attacking. Wait, 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 first of all, people are still attacking me. They're like, you're they're like you were putting candy down. I was like, I never put her down. We are not I, surprised. We are not and, surprised. You know, I which is honestly again something I never meant to do, and um, you know, again, oh. I, I do so bad about that. I liked your tweet because you said it in one line. It's like I had a human reaction and people forget that. Okay. Well let people process. And then two, it's not your business. So three, it's probably fine off camera, but y'all are stuck in what these cameras are giving you and trying to stir up some shit that's not there. Right. Cause, cause on the stage, uh, Candy's like, Oh, well, you know, like it's to me, it felt like a passing out. Like there's no more house of Asha because there's, there's not. Oh, but, I mean, I didn't take shade to that at all because I right. felt like, you know, we, when that whole thing happened, you know, first they made the dollhouse. They didn't consult me, but I didn't really care because I was doing my own thing and we were all going our own separate ways. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I feel like everything after that got lost in translation and, you know, after that, it was just like, um, I don't know, things got messy because like everybody was fighting online. And then next thing you know, uh, Candy and Janelle just unfollowed me on all social media. And then oh, I was no. like, OK, so then I, I which I was confused and I texted both of them. Janelle blocked my number. And then um, then Candy was like, oh, look, I feel hurt by what you said. And I was like, well, I just said that I was hurt by the things you said, because you literally said that I was beneath you and that you said I was uh, uh, jealous of you. You know, that's hurtful. And this is y'all working through it in real time is what we need to remember, yes. listeners. And then, well, then, you know, then it, it led to her saying, let's talk to, on the phone tomorrow. And then I texted her the next day and I said, hey, you know, what's up? no response and then she blocked my number and blocked me on all social media Stop it. okay and then we all have feelings I, we all have feelings you know i just said <laughs> it is what it is like at the end of the day like i thought i thought that you know that was not called for yeah, but yeah. you know and then and then i had to like at the same time i have obviously my partner is just getting pissed because i'm obviously over emotional so my partner went on janelle's instagram and cursed her out and oh, like oh no that's a good <laughs> you know. that's a good bay though that's a good bay. That's some but he's a scorpio you. so you know he was like oh my god i'm a scorpio <laughs> but he called like he was calling her a wwe big back man bitch oh my shit. god he was like you're a cum bucket blah 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 <laughs> like an std vessel <laughs> Oh, oh, so, <laughs> no, so then uh, Janelle unblocked my number and then she she sent me this long like message of obviously, you know, basically blaming me for what Mark did when I had no idea that he did it. Oh, and, gosh. Um, she was like uh, basically saying that that she was like, <laughs> I don't even know how to explain it. She was like. Obviously, that's how you feel. I was gonna further. Shouldn't she goes? I was gonna settle this with you after the new year. In my mind, I'm like, settle what? Oh, like, am I a resolution, bitch? What is it? Well, I was confused. I was like, what? I didn't <laughs> yeah. even know we had beef. So then, um, you know, all that happened, and I was just like, okay. And then, you know, I I, I was mad at Mark because I was like, you're making the situation worse. And like he I was would, already he stressed would out. me out low key if that were me too. Probably. Well, I kind of made me feel really bad, but then like I took a breather and I was like, you know what? I get it. You just care about me. You're trying to go from that. And I said, I I did. I tried to be the bigger person. Janelle didn't block me on Instagram, so I sent her a long message apologizing for what Mark did. And I said, look, 
I hope that you can give me the common courtesy to at least like talk about how I feel because I'm my feelings are not in alignment with what Mark said. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you have to understand, like, he's my partner. He's just being defensive. And, you know, it doesn't mean that I said anything, which, first of all, you know, I can't be accountable for how other people feel. Well, and, and people say things that they don't necessarily mean when they're mad, too. So, Mark, you know, he's upset, you know, defending you. So maybe, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know Mark, So I'm, but I'm assuming Mark <laughs> may have said things that he did not necessarily mean. So I mean, I black out too. sometimes when I'm going I mean, in on a Yeah, bunch. you just say shit to, like, <laughs> cut deep, right? Like, you're like, fuck you, bitch. Like, <laughs> you said well, you this, know, I'm saying this. <laughs> we just kind of moved on. And Good. by moving on, I mean, I'm still blocked. And I'm just... <laughs> Blocked and thriving, baby. You know, to me, I was just like, you know, I don't know what was the, I I felt like I was kind of gaslit. And then I was just kind of, again, and then I was just kind of like, okay. But you know what? Let let her live her life. Um, You know, I hope she is successful and abundant. And I hope that she one day learns that, you know, how do I say this in, a, in what I'm trying to say? I hope that she one day learns the real burdens that come with with fame, with spotlight, with when how it really is, because I think that when I've had my first few years and stuff being in the public figure, being in the public eye, um, I think I was heavily criticized for being for being so sharp and direct. And, yes. you know. Especially like in that follow me video. Oh, like in that follow me video. What was it? You were like, you were like, he didn't want his boyfriend to do drag. Absolutely not. I said it. I said that. Yes, I did, listeners. Jamal, we finna scrap right now. Okay. Oh shit. No. No. All T. I did. I dated a drag queen for five years, Mm -hmm. and never, and never again. I cannot date people who are in the same exact like trying to do the same dream that I'm trying to live because one it's competitive mm-hmm. two I don't have the patience for the mess and three like it's a lot of attitude in one place and like you know that's why I I could not date another drag artist like ever again like yeah yeah it's a lot because you know all the your drag you know your drag queens you think you're like I'm the shit like you're feeling yourself and you know and that's I mean there's nothing wrong with that you know that's know. It's, that's part of the gig you know so when you get like two three you know five however many people same doing the same thing in the same space they're gonna be opinions <laughs> well you know what was crazy too is that when I, it was funny because a lot of people a lot of people had a lot of comments about me not wanting uh ty to do drag but then it was kind of funny too because i had pictures all over social media of me putting ty in drag so it was just like you know, I think I think which people... I which I knew about. See, I was just being messy because most of the time people take my bait and then we snatch them on the pod. <laughs> Damn. He's talking about me. <laughs> <laughs> no, see what had happened was is Aja found me too quickly. Uh-oh. The trolls, the trolls are sleeping yeah. after the tweet was sent. Girl, it's New Year's. <laughs> Calm down. Oh no, bro. Well, you know what it is? Like sometimes I find people who have genuine questions and stuff. And like, you know, so I was like, okay, well, let's see what, what's popping off today. And I was like, I was like, well, I was like, this is a lengthy tweet. And I was like, okay. <laughs> I was like, this is a lot. I should say something. I should say, hey, do you want to interview me? Because I mean, you know me already. Yeah. Oh my gosh. 
it, it, that was I, that was me being an asshole. But you know, something <laughs> it, it turned out funny, and here we are, and That's right. we're having, having fun. Time. <laughs> Yeah, which, which makes me happy because that's just like the tone of our show. Like we're very lighthearted and we'll throw shade. And somebody who listens to the show is probably like, what the hell is Jamal talking about in this tweet right now? But it's like, <laughs> I have comments and it's like, oh, yeah. she's going to say something on the podcast. All right. That seems like a good stopping point for part one of our interview with Aja. Thank you again, Aja, for coming on the show. We had the best time kikiing with you. If you're new here and finding us because you're a fan of Aja, thanks for coming. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast and find us on social media. All the links are down below. We really think that you'll like our show. We cover RuPaul's Drag Race every week, bringing you all the RuCap breakdowns of each episode. It's really a lot of silly fun, a little bit of shade, so make sure you go ahead and subscribe. And if you like the show, feel free to leave us a review. That really helps other people find our show. Thank you so much. We'll be back next week, of course, with part two to this interview with Aja. So you don't want to miss that as well. We get into a lot more interesting topics and revisit some of the talk around the, the House of Aja.